0: Hey there Docalos, thank you so much for clicking that button to listen to the Documenteers, the documentary podcast. This is the greatest podcast about documentaries in the world that ever has been. Every week, a group of rotating documentary enthusiasts come together to talk about documentaries, break them down, rate them. Normally, at this moment, you would be listening to our leader, Bob Sham. But if you have been listening the last few weeks, you know that he has not been here. And I'm Angela. I'm his wife. About a month ago, Bobby disappeared. Apparently went to California to be part of the podcast Illuminati. I've not heard from him very much. He did send in a couple intros. You guys have probably heard those from the airport, from his traveling... He sent a couple voicemails to Akil, to me, that were pretty much incoherent. I actually have no idea where my husband is right now, and so I'm just recording this podcast. I'm trying to keep it going, hoping that he's listening, that these Podcast Illuminati folks are listening. Hey, listen, if you're out there, send my husband home. I miss him. Everyone misses him. No one wants me to be the host of this show. It's fun. It's better when he's here he's the greatest. Anyway, this week, I'm hosting again. This is our June Pride Month. We are talking about For the Bible Tells Me So by Daniel Carslake. I'm going to sit down with Jeremy today. This one's a little more serious than the last episode Jeremy and I did together, which was so, so much fun. We have a few laughs during this one, but it's a much more somber kind of episode to end this Pride Month. But let me just say right now, happy pride. We love you, whoever you are, whoever you love. We're just glad you're here with us. And next week, we want you to come back. We are going to do American Meme by Burt Marcus versus American Circumcision by Brendan Moroda. Like I said, two documentaries. So this is another versus. This is going to be with Stuart. It was supposed to be Bobby and Stuart. Maybe it's going to be me and Stuart. But come on back. We're going to do American Meme versus American Circumcision. Fingers crossed that Bob's here. I love you all. Keep on docking.
1: Here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. Want a crusade across the nation and try to do away with the homosexuals, uh, then we certainly would have done it on June the 8th after one of the most Overwhelming victories in the country um, uh, But we didn't we, we we tried to avoid it And went into a place called Norfolk, Virginia And were met with protest And uh, um, all kinds of
0: problems And uh, uh, Every oh. Security agents, security agents No, no let, let him stay. no, let him stay Well, at let least stay. it's a fruit pie huh.
1: let's, pray. let's pray for him right now Anita, let's pray That's alright
2: Father, we want to thank you for the opportunity of coming to Des Moines. And Father, I want to ask that you forgive him.
0: That we love him.
1: And that we love him. And that we're praying for him to be delivered
0: from his deviant lifestyle, Father.
2: Hi, Angela.
0: Oh my gosh, can you believe we're doing this again?
2: Let's do it. Number two, I'm back in the hot seat with you.
0: (laughs) Hey, Docalos. As you can tell from us just saying hey to each other, it's Angela hosting once again. This is the final episode in June. So this is our LGBT Pride Month episode. So we have done Matt Shepard is a friend of mine. We did Mala Mala. We did Paris is Burning. Today, Jeremy is here with me to do a 2007 documentary by Daniel Carslake called For the Bible Tells Me So. I feel like I need to give you guys an update. I feel like I need to tell Jeremy what's going on. If you've been listening, as you know, at the end of May, we were in here recording a shorty and all of a sudden Bobby hands me this letter. Jeremy, he hands me this letter. A letter. That is from the podcast Illuminati. I see the face you're making. Uh huh. Uh huh. It doesn't make any sense. None of this is going to make any sense. And it is signed by the likes of Mark Marin. Lock the gates! And Sarah Koenig.
2: Just tell me the facts, ma'am.
0: And Tony McElroy. And I can't remember all the names. Those are the ones I keep saying. I don't really remember who else is on there. But I don't know if it's these real people. And also, I don't know if you listen to any of the McElroy Brother podcasts. There's not a Tony. Right. So that doesn't it, even make any sense. This
2: is kind of absurd.
0: And then he was like, hey, there's a lift outside. See ya. And left. And I have gotten a few random voicemails from him. <laughs> Keel got a weird voicemail from him.
1: Feels like he was going down on a B.
0: But I have not gotten in touch with him. I haven't heard from him. He doesn't answer his phone. He doesn't respond to text messages. What he said he was using our savings, but I haven't even seen any money get used. Like we don't have any savings. That, that's so like, not I don't, okay.
2: You no. can't just take your savings. And say, I know, Peace out. We didn't on a how many
0: savings? Like, did he have his own savings that I didn't know about? That he was like saving up for this. And and we prepped a lot of these episodes, but like, I don't even have an intro for this one from him. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get in touch with him to do that.
2: Have you contacted the authorities yet?
0: I mean, that sounds like a, probably a good idea. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> um, In case no. of an emergency,
2: the first thing you're supposed to do is stop and call 911.
0: I should have learned this. Even from some of the documentaries we've watched, I should know better than to not call the police, but like he's a grown man who apparently left of his own volition and like, I don't have any proof that anything's wrong with him? I don't know. I don't know if they would even listen to me. I feel like I don't know what to do.
2: Well, just stay calm.
0: I mean, I have to stay calm for the podcast. Like, here's the right, deal: right, we have to continue and we have to record this episode because, you know, if Bobby does come back, like I hope he does, he would be mad if we didn't do this because it's like the mm-hmm. most important thing. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the podcast and being part of the podcast Illuminati is even more important than me.
2: That's not okay.
0: Yeah, I know. but we did uh, talk about re- re- redoing our wedding vows podcast first and then each other. So there's that. okay. All right, that's that's enough of that. let's just let's just forget about Bobby for right now, or else I'm not gonna be able to do this episode. So I hope so, we can
2: get through it and I'm here for you.
0: Thank you so much. I feel I do feel supported. And that is good. So we are going to talk about Daniel Carslake's 2007 documentary, For the Bible Tells Me So, from the song.
2: Jesus Loves Me. Jesus Loves Me. Jesus Loves Me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, yes. Uh, Jesus Loves the Little Children, which is also another part. Which
0: I liked better.
2: Yeah, when I, I was a the,
0: kid, I liked Jesus Loves Little Children better. Yeah. Jesus loves me this I know, for the Bible tells me so. For the Bible so. tells me so. Little ones to him belong. I can't remember the rest of it.
2: Little ones to him belong.
0: They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus oh. loves me.
2: Yes, Jesus oh. loves me.
0: Yes, Jesus, Jesus loves, loves me. me. The Bible tells me Well, that's where that title comes from. There's no way we can talk about this linearly. They throw a lot of information at you. They throw a lot of people's individual stories at you. Mm -hmm. It's kind of set up where you start meeting these families, and there's five different families.
2: Yeah, the Robinsons from Kentucky, the Poteets from North Carolina, the Raytans from Minnesota, the Gepharts from D.C., and... Oh, the Walners from Arkansas. That was just the mom.
0: They all have a son or daughter who is gay. And they all come from extremely religious backgrounds. How would you describe this documentary? What would you say this documentary is about?
2: Shedding light on people who grow up in very religious homes, but also identify or struggle with same-sex attraction. There are some uh, that have firm belief that this is... This being religion is not anything that I want to be a part of any further in my life. And there are some within the documentary that are like, look, I'm gay and I love Mm -hmm. God. It gives you the narrative, the insight to their life to kind of make it tangible, to to be insightful, to gain understanding with these families and these individuals who are struggling with their acceptance, with their community, their family, Mm -hmm. their churches, But then there's also some very interesting liturgists, some uh, spiritual advisors break down in some respects some of the key verses that have been used throughout the Bible through many years to kind of say, hey, we think homosexuality is wrong and here's why. And then these church leaders have kind of debunked some of that as well. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of a narrative to pull at your heartstrings. And it's also a little bit of, hey, let's look at this a little differently.
0: Which actually I think could have been two different documentaries, Mm. but they've interwoven them together. Here's what's been used through history to condemn this group of people And then the counterpoint to that, I think it is super strong that it is people within the religious community who are saying this was interpreted incorrectly or this could have been interpreted in these different ways. But then also, yeah, the people to give you some real life examples of this and of varied responses to that within their families. And even as I'm talking about it to you, I think it makes even more sense to me why they set it up the way that they did. It's a lot of information, but they were trying to show you as many different examples as they could could i think so there's also a lot of protest footage without throughout this documentary
2: love those people oh so love to hate those people or love them with the hate the lord okay <laughs> is that a thing i mean i mean love the sinner hate the sin right like that's been indoctrinated over and over before but i'm gonna tell you those people with the god hates fags the westboro people yeah mm.
0: it's beyond i don't understand anyone who feels like it is their duty to stand up and tell someone else that they're bad or wrong, are going to hell.
2: The documentary talks about that. It talks about it takes a certain type of person, a personality, truly literalists in every sense of the word. That That's how they believe it. You and know, I have discussed a little bit outside of the podcast. There's a documentary right now going on about flat earthers. And I'm oh, going, yeah. all of the the science that we have in the world, there are still people roaming the earth. They're like, no. Earth's flat. Yeah. It's a big hoax. I mean,
1: oh, Bob Sham here, uh, interrupting Bob Sham. I don't know where I am or if anyone will ever get this message, but I just wanted to say that I believe that the earth is flat.
2: It takes a special type of person to believe certain ideals.
0: Yeah, but then to even go beyond the belief of I need to make a sign and wear a T-shirt and get a megaphone and go tell somebody that they're going to hell. There's just so much hate there. That I don't understand how you can call that good.
2: Oh yeah, and like there's
0: a righteousness that doesn't make sense to me. Like I cannot.
2: I have experienced them in real life, both that mm-hmm. pride and um, even outside of a few concerts that I've attended before. Yeah, that they are just standing out there with their with their GoPro to catch it to antagonize people and to catch any antagonization that comes their way. Yeah. Let's not, let's not give these people more airtime than they deserve.
0: <laughs> yes, 100%. And I, I feel like there's there's the protester and then there's the counter protesters. So there's then the people like yelling about, you need to stop yelling. You want to yell at them. You want to yeah. tell them they're wrong and go hell, go home. and I almost said go to hell. Go to hell and go home. Um, <clears throat> which
2: people do. They tell them to yeah. go to hell and go home.
0: Yeah, but then, I mean, then there's people who, I guess to me, it's always been sort of a, if you can't have a conversation, just ignore it. Because I do think that people can have conversations, but I think there's people that are so staunch in whatever that belief is. And depending on the situation that you're in, they're just, they're never going to listen. They're not going to change their mind. They're not there to hear anything that anyone else has to say. It feels like you're under attack when you've done nothing. Mm -hmm. It's a terrible feeling when you're, super happy and you're walking into pride and you're ready to like have a great time and someone's yelling that you're awful or you know you're going to a show or a drag show and there's somebody yelling about how all these people that you love and also you because you're going are gonna burn like it's horrid we were trying to find this you guys it's on youtube if you want to watch it it's on youtube in its entirety the one that plays says it's about a hundred sorry a hundred an hour and 55 minutes long. It's not. It's like an hour 38, I believe. But for whatever reason, they start the movie over again at the end. I don't know <laughs> why. I noticed. There's a lady. Her name's Anita Bryant. On a crusade
1: across the nation and try to do away with the homosexuals, uh, then we certainly would have done it on June the 8th after one of the most overwhelming victories in the country. Um, uh, but we didn't. We, we we tried to avoid it. Uh...
0: I didn't even see this the first time that that we encountered it. I just heard Jeremy's reaction to it. And all he said was she about to get a pie in the face. And, uh, uh every- Whoa! Security agent, security agent. No, no, let, let him
1: stay. No. Let him
2: stay. Well, at let least stay. it's a fruit pie. <laughs> <laughs> I, did. I did. I did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, this guy, it's her with a pie. But what does she do?
2: She's at first shocked. And starts flicking the little the little bits of pie off of her face. And then she does make this absurdly awful, yet somewhat kind of witty <laughs> remark. Well, at least
1: it's a fruit pie.
2: At least it's a fruit pie. <laughs> and then what you're getting after, though, is she starts praying for the man that's just yeah. throwing a pie on her face.
0: She's like, don't arrest the man let's pray for him right now. And she starts praying for him in the middle of this with these cameras going and this. It was just the worst and kind of set this up as like, here's the kind of people that you're going to be dealing with. We see the protests. We see the fire and brimstone preachers flailing at the front of their churches, telling people how everybody's going to hell. There's a lot of comparison and I, this makes me so, it makes me so mad for two reasons. They compare homosexuals to prostitutes. First reason that makes me mad is because saying that your sexual preference and the way that you are as a person is comparative to a job that people think is demeaning or not okay. That doesn't mean anything to do with each other. Also, there's nothing wrong with prostitution as far as I'm concerned. I think that if you want to do that, that that's okay. That's your choice. I wish it was could be safer for people who choose to do that this for their lives. This is going
2: to be a very interesting commentary. <laughs> This documentary, to me, I found interesting. Mm-hmm. I think I was hoping to take a little bit more away from it than what I did. Mm-hmm. But I grew up, I come from a very conservative Christian background, church three times a week. Mm-hmm. I went to a private Christian school, both high school and university, where this doctrinization... Mm-hmm is not uncommon for me. So when I don't find some of these statements shocking.
0: Neither do I. Okay. They just make me mad.
2: Well, yeah. That's all I'm saying. I'm not
0: shocked. Cause also three times a week church for a chunk of my childhood. I was in judgment houses when I was a teenager. Like I bought in real hard until I was like 16. And then I stopped going to church. I did get some of that like good old Southern Baptist hate.
2: Sure. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Of course. Watching this documentary. I was reminded about the frustrations that I felt when I would sit in a pew. Mm. And for me personally as someone who identifies as gay, I also identify as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard for me to say as well. I've never really felt 100% comfortable in a church pew. Yeah. And I've never felt 100% comfortable at Pride. And and I have been to Pride a couple yeah. of times, but maybe I'm a little too me- middle of the road. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm a little too moderate. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like there are parts. I think that religion is important. And I think that there are some valuable things that we can gain from a belief in a higher power. Mm-hmm. And also, I think that some of the extremes that the LGBT community can embrace sometimes can be can be a little difficult. So this is gonna be an interesting conversation with us yeah. today. I've,
0: I've said before on the podcast, I don't think that you and I have actually talked about it, but because you shared that, I feel like I should also say that I'm bisexual. I am obviously married to Bobby. So I am monogamous in that relationship. So I haven't dated a girl in a long time, but I have. But as far as belief, I don't have any. Mm-hmm. I don't pretend that I know anything though. I don't know what happens when I die, but I don't think anybody can. So that's kind of where I come from. But 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 again, I did come from that like history of you need to read your Bible every day. And like, this is the word of God and this is to be believed. And I did know some people who were pretty literalists, like that sect of folks who don't even believe that you have free will subset of my youth group Mm -hmm. when I was a teenager who kind of went off in that direction and actually like the leadership of the youth group didn't love that that was happening like they were kind of like you guys need to calm down about this because they kind of got a little militant about the fact that no one really had any real choices that like everything was predetermined and so right around when that happened was when I started also questioning a bunch of stuff and it just kind of.
2: was that what started unraveling things for you?
0: I always had questions that couldn't be answered. Sure. Part of it was a rejection of like You can't say that I don't have a choice, even though there have been times in my life where it would have been a whole lot easier to say that like, well, I couldn't help it because that was fate or that's just what was going to happen or that was like God's will or that was whatever. But sometimes I think those kind of statements and those kind of things like take responsibility off of oneself to actually own their own actions. Yeah. So... Jeremy?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, while we're going down this rabbit hole, we might, yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. we might as well discuss what unraveled things for me or sure, started yeah, unraveling yeah. things for me. I would say at a fairly young age that I realized that I didn't find girls as pretty as my, coll- my colleague. <laughs> I didn't find girls as pretty as some of the other boys my age. Yeah. But for me, it wasn't the whole gay thing. For me, what it was, it was more about... So I grew up in a pretty conservative church, a church that uh, we sang a cappella, no instruments. Wow. Um, And as a matter of fact, scripture was used that that instruments were used in the Old Testament yeah. but because Jesus came and set up the new covenant, you cannot find in the New Testament any actual instruments being used in worship and praise. Interesting. And so because of that, instruments were not used in worship. If some of you are listening and you're from the South, I'm sure you know what church this is, <laughs> what type of church it is. It's a church that thinks it's the one true church, but we won't get into that. Right, right. And I remember being in high school and visiting at what was considered one of the more liberal churches in our area, and they gave out worship and praise music. And it was like awesome worship and praise music, but it happened to have a guitar and some drums and some pianos going on in the background. And I thought it was cool. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this music's really, really cool, but it was kind of like, well. That's not really, you know, (laughs) that's kind of questionable that, you know, we would believe that those people wouldn't inherit the kingdom of God.
0: Because they use a guitar. Because they used to get a
2: guitar and they're singing about, they're singing about God and Jesus and all the things that he's done. But because he's using an instrument, that's questionable. I would say that was one of the things that started like unraveling things for me. Then Mm. I went on a long, long journey with My inner demons or uh, my inner fabulousness, if you will. (laughs) I have a friend, Tara, that I've talked to a a little bit. Uh, She's got a great story. But Tara and I both have had conversations where we believe that religion is important Mm -hmm. and having beliefs in a higher power is a very important thing. For some, it doesn't have to be for everybody. But in spite of some of the hateful rhetoric that these groups spew it's important to come to these people in love and to not to spew the hate and vitriol right back to them Mm -hmm. it's important to say look let's talk about this let's humanize it which is what this documentary does yes When i believe one of the parents actually says being gay was such a foreign thing to me until it was my child yeah and once there's a face and a personality that's connected with it, it's a game changer.
0: Yeah. The first family that we meet are the Robinsons, like you said, from Kentucky. her if she would like to get hitched up. Gene wanted to be a preacher or a doctor when he grew up. That was what he always kind of wanted to be a preacher. He just wanted to help people. Yes. That was his thing. When he first realized that he might be gay was when Playboys were not exciting to him. Yeah. Like his friend snuck some Playboys and he was like, "Mm, okay. I don't cool. care.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, he grew up, his parents met, I want to say, in the 40s.
2: Yeah, they were older.
0: They were older. So he he's older as well. So this was all happening a, li- a few decades earlier than some of these other kids that we meet.
2: I'm guessing his parents would be in their 80s and he's probably in his 60s. Yeah.
0: He's going to school and plans to go to seminary. And he's obviously learning this whole time that being gay is an abomination.
2: He, unnatural, unmanly. And ungodly.
0: Yeah. And he tries to stifle that part of himself. The thing that I found so interesting, I just kind of want to keep talking about him for a minute, like sure. even though it goes back and forth, because he ended up marrying a woman.
2: Boo. Boo. She Boo She was McDaniel. the sweetest. Mm-hmm. I, love,
0: I love her. I love both of them. They got married and he said to her, you know, he set her down before they ever got married. And he was like, listen, I am in therapy because I'm attracted to men. Sure. And I'm working on this. And I also love you, but I need you to know that this is a thing that I'm trying to deal with, basically.
2: That was a very real conversation. That was a conversation that I have personally felt like I might have in my life. When I was afraid to live authentically,
0: Mm
2: -hmm. um, there was a time that I thought, I'm going to have a wife, but I'm going to have to talk to her about this. So yeah. I'm so glad that I never went down that road. Yeah. But yeah, when he was talking about that with her, that was something that my ears pricked up a little bit more.
0: How many people go into a relationship like that without having that conversation mm. who are dealing with the same thing of trying to trying to live a heterosexual life, though that may not be how they feel in their heart, but then enter into a relationship without ever telling that other person what is going on. And I love that she was like, okay, well, I love you so much. Like, let's try to work on it. And they had a couple kids and they seemed to be happy. But I think in these kind of situations, they're more best friends than they are lovers, right?
2: For sure. One of the things that I loved about their story is when they decide for them to be married isn't what's right for them. Right. They had a ceremony not to dissolve their to vows, release each to other. release their vows. I mm-hmm. loved that. I did because too. what it said to me is, it said to me to both of these people, marriage is important mm-hmm. to them. Um, That marriage for them was a religious ceremony of sorts and a covenant with God. And they wanted to kind of not undo it, but they kind of, they wanted to say, Hey, we're, we're going to, rethink this i that was i thought that was very cool i really would have loved to have seen some video
0: i know i'm sure they didn't really invite people to that
2: oh i'm sure I'm it wasn't sure. the
0: same as a wedding ceremony but they had that
2: but to be a bird on the tree while they were watching like to watch you oh know, man i think yeah. that would be a very interesting thing to experience
0: he knew that he wasn't going to be able to be truly happy but he also wanted her the chance to be truly happy. He wanted to give her that chance. Not give her that chance, but she, she deserved that chance. He loved her so much that he was like, this isn't fair to you either. It's not fair to either of us. And I just, I love that. Eventually, Jean found a gentleman. And there's this wonderful uh, video of the two girls on the beach. I was looking for Jean's, Mark. Mark is Jean's partner. They, the kids are on the beach playing with Mark he talks about how the girls have always considered him as a second father. And so this all happened when the girls were young enough that they've kind of grown up with this unique family. And I don't know. I just thought it was really cool. Like boo is with, there with them. Like they all
2: they are living authentically.
0: That's what I think people have a really hard time with who kind of think of that atomic family, mom, dad, son, daughter, where that's not reality. For the majority of people in this world, you might have one mom or one dad, or you might be with your grandma or your aunt, or you might have two moms or two dads. They've created their own thing that works for them. And I love that. His parents had a little bit of a difficult time with it, but seemed to have come around.
2: Yeah. I mean, as much as as much as much an elderly couple could, I mean, th- we don't really have insight into their full thought process, but it did, we love our son.
0: If this is who he is, then we love him anyway, and that's okay. Eventually, Gene kind of becomes a little bit of a controversial figure because he wants to ascend within the church, wanted to be a bishop in the Episcopal Church, and he was approved by the church. You know, the protesters came out. People he started was a, saying a bunch of shit about him. He
2: was approved at a first level, whatever that level is. Mm-hmm. And yes, protesters came out. He suddenly was like a household name in their community. People thought it was vile. And then, you know, overnight, all these lies pretty mm-hmm. much came out about potential sexual scandals. And pornography. Pornography charges as well. Which were all dissolved, which which nothing actually came, anything came from. No. And what did come from it was a lot of hate mail. They went through in this documentary some pretty intense letters that he received about, you know, you're going to be punished. Uh, some terrible names that I don't even want to try to recount here because it's no, not worth yeah. it. But there was one where it was the typical ransom note with the magazine letter cutouts. Yeah. And the message of the letter said, I have two bullets waiting for you at when you least expect it. And there was like a Xerox copy of Gene with his partner Mark, mm-hmm. kind of like in a loving embrace. Mm-hmm. And that was haunting. It actually just goes to discuss that when he does become the bishop and his mom and dad do kind of help with the robing ceremony. His mom
0: and dad are there. Boo is there. Boo is
2: there. His Mark daughter's is there. Of course. But They do mention that underneath his robes, he's wearing a bulletproof vest. It's both triumphant and scary.
0: Just because of the protests and the death threats and all those things, like I just keep thinking about the Matthew Shepard documentary, and there's a part in that where the father is giving a statement after Matt has passed away, and they put a bulletproof vest on him because they were concerned that he might get shot. And in this case, this is a man standing in front of a congregation, committing himself to them and his God, and he has to be worried about being killed. That was a father just talking about his son who had died, who's wearing a vest because he's afraid he's going to be killed, by these people who just hate. It's just so, that's what I ta- That's what I mean about, like, it's unfathomable that these people just trying to live their lives and just get through the awful things that are already happening to them or have happened to them. And in one case, like, this dad's dealing with this thing. But in Gene's case, like, this should be one of the happiest moments of Gene's life. And he's scared in that moment because of these things that are happening. It's just, it's sad. We rated it maybe a little bit higher than we should have. Only because Brian and I watched it and then immediately recorded it. And it's so emotional. It was super emotional for me to watch it with him. Mm -hmm. Also, um, he was 14 when all that happened. And he had not come out at that time. And it was very scary for him. You know to see that happening to someone and not knowing i mean we lived not too far from here but it was not a very forward-thinking town mm-hmm. you know like it just it wasn't and the people that we dealt with on a daily basis were not either and so it was a little scary but anyway we rated it pretty high and i think mm-hmm. it was more emotion and importance than actual like documentary making sure. you know so it's a it's a thing I struggle with all the time. If something really moves me, I want to give it a really high score. But <laughs> at the end of this all, like, Gene, they seem to all be doing okay. A couple of these other families did not do so good. The...
2: Poteets from North Carolina.
0: Oh, those <laughs> I They were frustrating me quite a bit.
2: Husband and wife pair, African-American, both active in their church. Mm-hmm. Like, B-roll footage of them throughout the documentary in the pulpit. Both, both of them. Both of them delivering messages to their congregations. And when Brother Poteet starts out, I mean, the, the big mm-hmm. quote, the big quote is, don't let my son grow up to be a faggot and don't let my daughter to grow up to be a slut. And
1: He did not. He did not do that. He reversed it.
2: <laughs> because he had a daughter who is a lesbian.
0: Yes. And I'm assuming a son- Who runs around, but we never met that kid. We never talked about the son. We're not going to say anything about the son because we didn't meet him.
2: Daughter's name was Tonya.
0: Yes. Tonya, I liked her a lot because she was very much like, hey, parents, I understand where you're coming from, but I need you to know who I am.
2: She had a very interesting story. I mean, she went to Yale.
0: That's right. She was in college.
2: She went to Ivy League. She goes away to school.
0: And she started a support group for people who were questioning. Yeah. And
2: I find that so interesting because she comes from North Carolina, like comes from the South. And it very much came across to me that she was very bold in her early twenties mm-hmm. to start having conversations about her sexuality. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I applaud her for that. Like yeah. like to be able to to go to a new community and to be able to start talking about things that you know that you're not the only one struggling with. Yeah. Uh, Now, when I was 20, I went to a college of 5,000 people, and I swore I thought I was the only gay person on the whole entire campus. Mm -hmm. I'm
0: sure that you weren't. I (laughs)
2: wasn't. I have learned a lot now.
0: (laughs) So, ends up, she starts dating her co-organizer of this club. Sure did. And... Their story, we don't really get into it too much with them, honestly, but the basic of it is, is that for a long time, these parents did not really talk to their daughter. Dad has always taken the stance of, I still love you, you're my kid, basically. I don't love what you're doing. Yeah, (laughs) say it again.
2: You're going to love that sinner, but you're going to hate their sin.
0: Oh, it's the worst. Um,
2: (laughs) And you have to say. But I've
0: said it. I mean, when I was in that space, like you did. I mean, that's what you're taught to do. Like, you're supposed to love everybody. But, but. There's not a
2: whole lot of room for grace, which I could spend a whole big podcast. Oh, I'm
0: sure. Talking
2: about grace. All right.
0: Basically, what ends up happening is they're not, there's like a rift. And then eventually they come together. Like, the mother's issue was that Tonya wanted her to know her girlfriend know this person that I'm in love with. The mother ended up spending some time with them. Mom kind of came to her own, I guess how she considers like justification of the whole thing where she still does not accept that her daughter is gay, but she accepts that this person in her daughter's life makes her daughter happy, but she refuses to acknowledge that they are in any sort of a sexual relationship. But how she came to that was because she realized that she wasn't thinking about them as people. She was concerned about what was going on in their bedroom. And she was like, I can't think about what kind of sex is my daughter having. I have to think about who my daughter is. She's still my daughter. Mm -hmm. And who is this person that she's spending time with and this is an okay person. But I but she still does not completely accept and she still does not completely embrace she's come to this place. This is my daughter's friend and that is good for my daughter and I love my daughter. But that's about as far as she may ever go.
2: Right. Would you agree? Like, And yeah. dad
0: is still sitting there like.
2: <laughs> I, I can't. I would believe that the mother is a little more religious and a little bit more involved in the church than the father is. That is just an observation. I mean, they're both in the pulpits in their church, but I just felt like she just, I felt like she wore the pants in that family. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of closure in their story.
0: Not at all. I, um, they
2: do have like a, Tonya identifies or she says that she wants to have a, ceremony with her partner towards the end of it don't even really elaborate into that very much
0: yeah i think it was her basically saying she wanted her parents to be there and then them basically saying we love her but and that was about it which is unfortunate yeah we also met the ray Raytons. the
2: ray tans ray -tans. tans my dad married us
0: they're lutheran they're from eden prairie minnesota jake Is their son, who is gay. He was cute. He was real cute. He's the youngest of four.
2: The story of Jake is probably one of the more pronounced narratives within the documentary. Because Jake's dad is a lawyer, very all-American kind of family, Mm -hmm. older siblings who identify as heterosexual, and then Jake comes along and just kind of throws a wrench into everything.
0: He comes out to his sister when he's 15.
2: Yeah, which he comes out to his sister a whole year before he comes out to his mother, and his mother is like appalled. It broke
0: her heart yeah. a little bit, because she felt like, why could you not tell me? I'm your mother. your mother. But part of the reason he was afraid to tell her was because of how she sort of reacted. I mean, they had that like whiplash, no, not my kid, are you sure? you know,
2: I'm not a parent.
0: No, I'm not either.
2: (laughs) I cannot imagine. I joke that I've come out to my mother three times. That's a whole nother story. (laughs) Um, We're not going to get personal with me today in this microphone, but uh, (laughs) whatever you're comfortable with. Right. Exactly. I'm not a parent. My first coming out story with my mom, that was a very hard conversation. Lots of tears, lots of Mm-hmm. lots of emotion, but just to sit there and listen to what your child is saying and mm-hmm. saying, wow, I see you.
0: Mm-hmm. I
2: hear you. That's all anyone ever needs, mm-hmm. ever needs to hear is just listen to someone's story. And that's, I think that's a Christian principle about being seen period, no matter what someone's story. It doesn't matter if they're gay, maybe they're homeless or maybe they're, maybe they're struggling with, finances mm-hmm. we all just want to be seen we all just want to be heard we all just want to be listened and appreciated and um, a lot of parents they picture family vacations in the future with your son's beautiful daughter-in-law and you know the k- grandkids that mm-hmm. that they're going to bring about that's the traditional family view that we're all a part of you know that that yeah. that is continuously drilled within our culture. And then for something to come along and go, wait, what? Right. You know, I, I know it's a hard conversation.
0: It is. You know, my brother is gay. And when I seriously dated the first girl and I told my mom about her, my mom burst into tears. She was like, I'm never going to have grandkids I mean, I wasn't saying like, I only like girls now or I'm a lesbian or I never want to have children. I didn't say any of those things, but because I was dating a girl, her mind immediately went to my children are both in both in or potentially will be in same sex relationships and I'm never going to have grandchildren. And it was like, that was her knee jerk reaction was completely selfish Yeah. in that moment. And parents react different ways in all sorts of things. But it was just so funny to me that that was like her first thing is to burst into tears. And and listen, I'm married to a man now and I said, I ain't got kids.
2: When- <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> that you, <doesn't> have, mean- <laughs> you have furry friends.
0: I have a lot of furry babies. But anyway, they went through some real tough shit in the first few years of their son coming out because, you know, mom was scared about AIDS. She was scared about what's the community going to think. But then things started happening where Jake was being bullied. That was a turning point for her. She stopped caring so much about these outside influences and realized that like, this is my son and he is hurting and I'm his mother and I have to try to figure this out.
2: So one part of Jake's story that was really hit home for me, he had come home and he found Fag written on his driveway. He
0: didn't find it. She found it.
2: The mom found it. And she
0: tried to clean it up before he got home. She desperately didn't want him to see it.
2: Well, the reason that I stick my teeth into that is because that's actually how I came out to my mom. I had been at a church retreat, no less, with my youth group. And I had come home and it had my name is a queer on our driveway. And it was done in shaving cream Mm. and shaving cream bleaches concrete. So cleaned it up. But it was there still. And that was when I was like, oh, crap. People see this in me. It's not just something that I feel like I'm dealing with internally. And so that night I came out to my mom. I was 18. That's the first time I came out to my mom. But when when they start talking about that story with Jake, it was like, oh, that hit home for me in a very, very strong way.
0: Before I go into the wonderful things that his parents ended up doing. Mm -hmm. I do think we need to talk about the fact that they did talk to a family friend within the church who for a while told them that Jake could change. And they considered trying to lead him down that path.
2: You mean reparative therapy? Because that totally (laughs) works.
0: Reparative therapy. And so we should, I guess, pause for a second and say, there's still two more families we'll meet, but there are intermingled with between all these stories Talk about, like, what is reparative therapy, which is the worst phrase for it. Conversion therapy, Mm. it's been called as well. The idea that you can take a person who is queer and make them not. Right. You want to talk about the cartoon? We should talk about the cartoon because I feel like it addresses Uh. a lot of that.
1: When people talk about homosexuality, they often ask, is it a choice? I heard it is. Hello, what's your name? Christian. Well, Christian, let's see what the latest science has to say. Oh, that. To help us, here are two gay people.
2: Looks like a sex ed video and or schoolhouse rock kind of video. We're just, the video just stops in the middle and it's like, well, hello there. My name's Christian. I go to church (laughs) every week. Hi Christian. And then Christian is introduced. To
0: stereotypical lesbian,
2: stereotypical lesbian with the short butch haircut,
0: like big pants and boots.
2: Yeah, and then muscly hot guy, George and Martha, who was the gay guy. I'm gonna be honest, I don't really remember a whole lot of what they were, it was just stereotypical stuff.
0: This girl and boy are trying to convince Christian that people really are gay.
1: Before we can answer, is it a choice? We must first determine what it means to be gay. How do you know you're a homosexual
0: the same way you know that you're straight that it's not a choice that you can't change them and they talk about like what is reparative therapy and throw out statistics and things like that and basically you know you can put someone through this program people who back this kind of thing like to say that it's very very successful it's not you end up just pretending like you buy into whatever this thing is you can get out of there but you're still gay. You know, like it doesn't change who you are. And then they start talking about studies that have been done that basically prove that you're born gay. Like it's part of your DNA. Like you are gay or you're not gay. That's part of who you are. And, you know, stuff about how if you have identical twins and one of them is gay, the chances of the other one being gay is like 40% higher than it would be.
2: I have some friends who are identical twins. and yeah. One is gay and one the other brother is married to a woman. I have no, you know, no reason to think. But I've always just... I'm fascinated by that.
0: And I know quite a few people who are are not the only sibling who is gay within their family. And I think that's very interesting. I want to talk about this for a second because I thought it was so interesting. And Brian and I had a big conversation about it where they talk about how the more children you have, the I more guess. boys you have specifically, the more likelihood there is for your youngest to be gay. And the reason they put for that, like, a woman is pregnant with a boy because he is a boy It's something about the XY chromosomes and the the body 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 creates antibodies. Yeah, because they're like, this is a foreign object. They talk about how like you create these antibodies. And so every time you get pregnant, like more of these antibodies are created. And so they were positing that by the time you have like your third or fourth child, that it could be that you have so many of these antibodies that they kind of like
2: effeminize yeah which now that we're talking
0: about it it seems insane i
2: I will i knew this is where you were going with this (laughs) and i sat there going what wait what (laughs) um i'm the oldest of three my brother my baby brother he he is quintessentially a male, like yeah. I mean, he just—he's the stereotypical, and so it's just very. But well, I don't it,
0: think they were saying this was a hundred percent. But they're trying to like, this is one more reason why. Maybe. I know, but it says you're right. It, it
2: was, it was kind of <laughs> absurd. It was kind of like, do you want me to join this belief? Because I'm not sure I could get in line with it. It's just,
1: it was just weird. It was weird. As they study sexual orientation, scientists are currently looking at three main areas: genes, hormones, and birth order. Of course, most of these studies focus only on male sexuality. Sorry, Martha.
0: What a shock. We sort of then started joking about how, like, I'm older and half gay, and so Brian's like, he's younger.
2: (laughs) But it was... Your mom a- your mom cranked that one out and uh, was like, Yeah, half half baked with this one, but we're going all <laughs> the way with crazy. So
0: that was a little crazy. But basically what they were doing was trying to tell you all these different reasons why.
2: Real quick, in that cartoon, they did talk about homosexuality and I'm gonna say transitions in nature, like within the animal community.
0: Oh yes. You
2: know, there was there was just a half bleep within that cartoon
0: absolutely where
2: it talks about you know homosexuality exists within i think like within zebras and they
0: named so many animals they it made, looked like honestly it looked like noah's ark on it the did look
2: it totally that's like what i noah's thought It
0: was like this is like noah's ark i think they did it on purpose because they put pairs
2: and as someone who is a card carrying member of both like the christian faith and lgbtq community yes queen i'm very interested in those things occurring in nature. It's not just something that we made up. Look, it's cur- the current over there and those giraffes and zebras over there.
0: 1,000%. And then the Christian answer to that was, well, we're not animals, but hi. Yes, we are. We totally are.
2: You and me, baby, we ain't nothing but mammals. <laughs> I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. <laughs> those guys can make a song, so can I. I just wish I wanted a little bit of that money,
0: but whatever. <laughs> All these different reasons why it's natural.
2: You mean that Lady Gaga song?
0: You're Born This Way, yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's a good song.
0: Yes, it is a really good song. But it's hard to convince someone, which was sort of the whole point of this little cartoon, was like, here's a bunch of reasons why you should know that this isn't a choice, and you should know that you shouldn't try to change me. But also, I don't think they changed his mind by the end. Because that's usually how that goes. No, unfortunately.
2: Let's jump back in with the Raytans, right? So yes. Jake has this big issue where he or his mom finds the message on their driveway.
0: Someone broke their windshield, right? At one point. He,
2: so he's he's facing some bullying, and in the meantime, Love One Out reparative therapy under the leadership of a Dr. James Dobson,
0: mm-hmm.
2: who is promoting this. You know, pray the gay away. He's
0: the focus on the family guy.
2: Focus on the family. That is correct. Which is a phrase I have heard a lot growing up through the years. And uh, anyway, the parents really rally. They kind of have an awakening and say, like, our son, we wouldn't change anything about him. Mm -hmm. They essentially create a protest. They're going to go storm the gates of focus on the family. Right. And uh, they show up. There's a big press to meet the press, and there is a representative from Focus on the Family and the police that say, if you step onto this property, because they're there, I should say, to deliver a letter to mm-hmm. say that this needs to stop. Yep. You cannot continue promoting this message of hate. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they show up, and they very peacefully step onto the grounds of Focus on the Family, and they are arrested.
0: They do get to read their letter first. They do. Which was lovely. And the mom talks about how amazing that moment was because, you know, they're reading this story about how they're trying to focus on their family and they're trying to focus on real families and loving your children as who they are and all of that. And she says it occurs to her and I don't know if it occurs to her until she sees the footage later. That, you know, they've been trying to protect their son for so long. And then all of a sudden, like, he's this grown man with his arms around their shoulders. And I started crying. Mm. I was probably already crying when they started talking. But they were such an example of people who it wasn't real until it was my son. It almost wasn't something they had to think about or consider. And it was easy to say, oh, it's wrong. And who cares? Like, don't do that. Don't be that way. And then when it was their son... Like, their faith got questioned, their beliefs got questioned, their entire way they'd raise their children, their church itself. Like, they started questioning all these things and flipped it around to where then they are supporting him and have become activists and are outspoken about how you should accept your kids for who they are and love them no matter what. And that's amazing because there's also some people in here who don't do that. There's a lot of people who, in this world, who don't do that. And there's also, I mean, there's people – Like the poteets who find a way to kind of handle it, but still not accept it.
2: And maybe a few years later, the poteets are on a different journey. Maybe they
0: are now. I sure hope they are.
2: Yeah. I, I always Seeing this
0: could have been an eye opener for them. I wonder about that a lot.
2: I always describe faith as stepping stones Mm. where you just kind of, you take a step, you, you gather your surroundings, you see what's below you, you see what's in front of you, you see what's behind you, where you've come from. You've got to step forward a little bit further. Um, And maybe, maybe you take a bigger step, a step Mm -hmm. that you're not um, really comfortable with, or sometimes you maybe make a smaller step that's like, oh, that wasn't so. But I, I do believe that we can never fully know the, all the answers to our questions. I think mm-hmm. that's part of of growing in faith. My prayer would be that the, that family, after seeing themselves, that maybe they're on a little bit of a different journey now. Or I, I would so. hope so.
0: Probably talk about Mary Lou. What was Mary Lou's last name?
2: Walner from Cabot, Arkansas. She had her daughter.
0: Her daughter, Anna. Mary Lou was married a few times through her life. She had these two little girls, and Mary Lou was very religious. She raised her daughters very religious. And her daughter, Anna... When she was in college, told her mother that she was gay. And her mother immediately outright completely rejected her.
1: And I told her some things in that letter that were not very
2: loving. Sent her a horrible letter.
0: She told her mom in a letter. She told her mom in a letter. And then
2: then her mom sent her back one and essentially said, I could have handled a whole lot of things, but for you to tell me this, it's just the worst thing you could possibly tell me.
0: Then there was a while where they didn't really talk. And at some point... Mary Lou reached out to her daughter and was like, have I done something? Like, why are we not close? Like, why can't we be? And her daughter was like, I don't owe you anything. I don't have to be around you. If you're not going to accept me, this just isn't going to be. Like, you've hurt me so much. And then I think it was maybe six months later, Mary Lou found out that Anna had committed suicide Mm -hmm. and blames herself. And that does seem to be a direct line. I don't know what other kind of support Anna had that doesn't always have to be that way your biological family is not always your best family but i don't know if anna had any support of her sister or anyone else in her life we don't really get to know that this is a no. very small story in this bigger documentary
2: and it's very foreboding it's almost like when you meet the mom i
0: knew immediately
2: it has to do with a lot of the tenses that she was using with her discussion like hannah was this anna did this but you just know the mom
0: the second time without having seen the daughter i was like she's not here anymore right And it just, it breaks my heart for someone to feel that alone. And to have the rejection of that one person who is supposed to love you no matter what. It just was too much for her. I wish that she could have gotten help. I don't know if she asked for help. She obviously reached out to her mom and her mom rejected her. And I don't, I don't know. Like I said, we don't know what happened with Anna and maybe no one does. But from this, her mom
2: has left the church that she grew up in or that she, the the faith that she has been a part of for the majority of her life. She is now a part of a much smaller, more progressive thinking mm-hmm. church where she's like, I lost my daughter over this. This mm-hmm. is not, I did my daughter a disservice. Her mother's a huge advocate for the community now. Very sad circumstances that led her to that walk.
0: Now she says she has hundreds of children hundreds of gay and lesbian children, and it's just regrettable that she couldn't reach out to her own. Sure. She wasn't in a place she didn't understand. That one was very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. That was very difficult for me. overall Because di- I just wanted to be mad at her, you know? And I still feel that talking right now. There's no amount of making up for it, but I also recognize that it's so good that she's now come to realization that she's come to. It's hard to be like, and now everything's fine, you know? Like, And I don't think that she would say that either. It's just... It's also tragic. Let's talk about the politician.
2: Okay. Can so, we talk about the Gepharts <laughs> from D.C.? You mean Chrissy Gephardt?
0: What's his name? Dick Gephart. I just wrote the Gepharts. Their daughter's name
2: is Chrissy. Mark said, I hate to tell you this. I said, but I'm gay and I don't think this marriage is going to work. We were up all night just talking about it. and I looked over at
0: him and tears were streaming down his face and I just broke his heart. He grew up thinking that the worst two things you could do in your life was be gay and commit suicide. It was an abomination. She was a jock when she was a kid. Her parents just thought it's because she wanted to be like her big brother, which she did. Yeah. Which seems fairly common excuse. Oh, she's just one of the boys. She's just a little tomboy. Don't mean nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. Except sometimes it does. (laughs) (laughs) She knew she didn't like guys, but the idea that she was gay was so far from her mind that she thought, well, I just haven't met the right guy yet. And I know that's an extraordinarily common thought as well is like, well, but if I just meet the right guy or I just meet the right girl, then I can make it work. Mm -hmm. And she did meet a guy in college in 1997 named Mark, and she did love Mark.
2: And Mark was very pretty.
0: Yeah, they were like a, <laughs> they were a very gorgeous cute couple. couple. Yes. Her parents were obviously very happy because she had met this man who she was gonna be happy with. Mom and Dad Gephardt. Uh, <laughs> Dick <laughs> Dick Gephardt is a politician. And so, you know, Chrissy's married to her husband Mark. They're, you know, living their life.
2: Jane, literally Dick and Jane. Dick and Jane. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. That's
0: I feel like I should have remembered that.
2: From a United States representative from Missouri, a member of the Democratic Party. I love that it's Dick and Jane. I you do too. Have that.
0: You know, her dad was a politician. I don't think that she mentioned that as being any sort of concern for her as far as being a lesbian because she the way she talks about it, it's almost like she didn't realize she got to be best friends with this girl. And she realized she really only wanted to be around that girl. Like she didn't want to hang out with her husband. She wanted to hang out with Amy. And they were friends for a while. And then one day Amy was like, hey, I'm bi.
2: And then the light bulb went off with Chrissy. And she's like, wait a minute.
0: Yeah, because then it became possible. Right. Amy opened that little window for Chrissy to be like, oh, but that means you like to date girls. So I'm a girl. Like, we could, you know?
2: We could do this.
0: We could do this. Um, I got
2: I to gotta go home and get in bed with my husband and tell him as we're crawling into bed and say, hey, I got to tell you something. I can only imagine that conversation. I just broke his heart.
0: I just, she said he just cried and cried.
2: <laughs> and, and I. Of I, course
0: he did. I know. I know. So she didn't want to hurt him. Like, it's obviously not easy for her either, but it's not something she could do anymore. Right. And again, it's one of those things where if you really, truly feel like that in a relationship for whatever reason, it's not fair to either person to not say the words, even though it could be the hardest thing that you could ever do. Went to talk to mom and daddy. She sat down. She said, I need to talk to y'all. And her mom goes, you're a lesbian and you're in love with Amy.
2: (laughs) Did she say that? To that
0: effect, she was like, you're here to tell us that you're gay and that y'all and you and Mark are breaking up. Uh,
2: Okay. I must have totally Uh blanked out on that section.
0: Jane. Had it figured out. This is my memory, at least. I didn't write all this down, but I swear Jane looked at her and said, this is what's happening right now. And she looked at her mom and she was like, you're right. And how did you know? And she's like, because <laughs> you are so happy when you talk about her. I can see it. And I've known this is coming because I've seen this happen.
2: Wow. I think the big part of their story is that Dick then launches a, a presidential campaign and as Chrissy's coming to terms in her own personal life with her sexuality her dad's advisors are pretty much like you need an advocate to kind of help with this constituency in your in your voting mm-hmm. so uh how about let's ask Chrissy and she's like Oh, but I'm not sure I'm ready to be in the spotlight like this. But it actually, long story short, it turned out to really be a very positive thing for her dad's campaign. It turned out to be something very positive for her. Mm -hmm. I'm sure somewhere along the line, her parents probably got a little bit of hate mail. They don't really talk about that. They really spend a lot of time talking about the parents just going like. Yeah, it was really great for the campaign. We got a lot of positive. It was almost a little too Pollyanna for me when they were talking about it. But yeah,
0: they did say that her dad, when she first, when it first happened, like the conversation happened, mom was like, yeah, this is what's happening. And dad started bawling. I mean, she was married to a man and I'm sure he thought they're going to be grandbabies and all this stuff that he had. And you mind. love that
2: person. I am I have. I'm, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that the parents, unless he's just a really scumbag. Like, and I'm sure he wasn't. Mark was probably a good guy. Yeah. You, you know, it, you're having human feelings. You, Absolutely. You're questioning what, how does this person feel? How is this going to, what is this going to do? Yeah. But their
0: stance was always unconditional love. You are my child. It doesn't matter. I love you no matter what. And I love that. You know, we've talked about the poteats on and off through this. I flipped through and saw a little note I made about the thing that changed the mother's mind to try to be more open was an episode of Donahue. <laughs> Nowhere near He's no Ricky as... Lake. Oh well Ricky Lake is amazing. She's okay. amazing. Sally Jesse was amazing. I feel like with Summer in the middle, and then like the scumbaggiest ones of all is Geraldo.
2: What about Mari?
0: Mari was okay, probably around the same place as Donahue, maybe a little worse. Yeah And then of course Like Jerry Springer Is like a whole different thing Because uh, it's not even real But
2: They're they're sensationalized For you
0: Yeah Geraldo's a scumbag though mm. Like he's real gross But he's shown up In a couple documentaries That we've done And it's not cool And then, um,
2: then there's The queen of all We've not even said Oprah <laughs>
0: A different level. She, was she? Because I guess like she was doing her show in the 90s. Oprah's transcendent above these other
2: she <laughs>
0: afternoon after school talk show hosts. Um, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Mama Poteet is sitting there talking about how she's watching this episode of Donahue and she sees these two like gorgeous, muscular, healthy looking, strapping young men who are like,
2: Here they are. Rod Jackson, Bob Paris. These beautiful boys they're gorgeous
0: <laughs> and they are and they're like well who's the boy and who's the girl and they're like we're both men we like men and something clicked for her like it didn't take her all the way to acceptance but it took her to like oh i mean yeah these are just men who like men so yeah. maybe my daughter just likes Thanks, women mommy. and she's still my daughter so we've not talked a whole lot about They really get into biblical scripture and talking about Sodom and Gomorrah and all these places in the Bible that are pointed to saying that a man lying with a man is an abomination, a woman lying with a woman. And they even get into like the don't spill your seed stuff. Like there's all these things they talk about. But basically the crux of it is there's all these biblical literalists who will take one sentence out of a giant book, put a spotlight on it and say, this means we hate gay people. This
2: one verse here means this. But we're not a we're not gonna address the two verses above that exactly. where it says don't wear gold. Or we're not gonna talk about anything below it. Like we're just yeah. gonna we're just gonna focus on this. I'm gonna live my life with my golden wares and, and all eating that. bacon. Eating bacon. Wasn't it
0: like eating pork is also an abomination, yeah. just like a man lying with a man is an abomination? Yeah, it's unclean. There's also a huge gap in understanding of the terminology because abomination in that time in that way, according to this one. Theologist,
2: against tradition. Yeah,
0: it just means against tradition. It doesn't mean it doesn't you're going to go to like hell for damnation. it. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. mean damnation. Yeah. yeah. You know, they talk about Sodom and Gomorrah, and that one was a little, I don't know.
2: Sodom and Gomorrah, the context there was that it is more about hospitality.
0: Goes on that one verse about bring out these men so we may know them. Right. Sometimes that know them is interpreted as have sex with them. And it could mean that as in like, we're going to have sex with them to humiliate them. Because that is a thing that has happened throughout history in war. Gang rape. And so that could be one meaning of it. The other meaning it could literally be bring them out here so we can know who the f- jazz they are. <laughs> <laughs> I've said a few bad words during this episode, but I almost feel like I shouldn't. Just for some reason could not say the F word while also talking about the Bible. So maybe there are still some like deep ingrained there, there things are, inside of me there are. that are just like still there. But it could mean, you know, let us just know who they are. Well, and when the other idea was that they were not hospitable there and just the fact that Lot had let them into his house, he was like not following the rules, so they were mad about it. That went on too long, right? Sure.
2: The big takeaway is the Bible was written. <laughs> Two thousand years ago, mm-hmm. language is a very complex thing. Oh my it's god, ever changing, it's ever breathing. And so, taking old languages and translating them in, and to always try to find the context for how we see things. And there are a lot of scholars. There's a fascinating um, Harvard scholar who is black, and she is a lesbian, mm. and she talks about when I read certain scriptures, I see it. Through the eyes of an enslaved community, and then I see it through the eyes of being anti against everything that I am as a person, being yeah, a woman, being a, lesb- lesbian, a lesbian, being a woman, being black. Mm-hmm. And she said, the purpose of the Bible is is to bring love and to guide you towards mm-hmm. a righteous way of living, but not necessarily hey, thou shalt do this and thou shalt not do this kind of living.
0: I mean, yeah, because let's be real. If we did everything that was in the Bible, when I'm on my period, I'd have to go sleep in the woods. That's true. What?
2: I'm not going to ask if you're doing that. I'm not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because again, I don't follow those rules, but. Right. But no one does. That's the whole point. There's so many things in the Bible that you can point to and literally go, well, if you believe this, you're literally crazy. There's all these like theories too about how people just change things like the King James version versus
2: the new living translation, new
0: living translation. Like there's certain verses you look at and the way the language is used, you could completely make them mean different things. It just depends on who's looking at it, when they're looking at it and what they believe. Like it's crazy. So literalists tend to be capitalists. This is the last thing I want to add. It behooves literalists to be so black and white about these things Because it is very oppressive. These extreme literalists seem to be very successful capitalists. And they named Jerry Falwell, James Dobson of Focus on the Family, and Pat Robertson. Thought it was very funny because they misspelled Pat Robertson's name.
2: I think as we wrap up today, Mm -hmm. just to kind of say happy pride to everybody. Yeah. And... Hopefully someone out there, you never know the power of the internet. Mm -hmm. Someone out there is coming across this for the first time. And also maybe he or she or they are looking for some sort of encouragement with wherever they are in their personal journey. And um, hopefully out there somewhere you can find somebody who is willing to listen to your story. Don't give up hope. It's a very difficult thing just to be a human alive in the world today yeah. but when we all share those cracks and bruises that we all have on our little bits of pottery that we wear called skin, mm-hmm. you know it makes us a better person and it makes us it makes us stronger yeah. and um, there is a hope out there wherever wherever you're living your life that hope doesn't necessarily have to be Jesus Christ that hope can be a number of things It can be just a person, a family member, or a dear friend that you can come to and tell your story about. I think that's really important for us to learn to share that love with one another and yeah. that our stories.
0: I made a comment earlier that you can't change people's minds, and that's not true. And I didn't mean that absolutely. I sort of meant when someone's already fired up in a situation where they're already yelling, maybe that's not the best time to try to change their mind. No. But people can change, and it's
2: a stepping stone. Absolutely. Happy Pride, Angela.
0: Happy Pride, Jeremy. You know we're not done, right? Oh, we
2: we have to do the Herzog scale.
0: You know that we do not rate documentaries in a star rating scale.
2: No, who does that?
0: Losers. We rate in...
2: Herzog.
0: Herzog. So I'm going to give this documentary one through five. You're going to give this documentary one through five to make our Herzog rating out of 10. I'll go first. Go. This documentary, as I said, was very dense. I think it was too long. I appreciated all these people's stories obviously as we went back through them the different perspectives were important but that paired with the cartoon with all the religious figures with all the theology folks there's still so much we didn't touch on and that's fine this is dense if you want to really break through it you totally should again it's free on youtube watch it The documentary itself was put together okay, I think. The flow was all right. It kind of went back and forth between, you know, introducing us to everybody, getting into more of the talking heads about the different biblical stuff or the different views of people in these different communities. I just really thought it was long. I think it would be very interesting for people who don't know anything about this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I do think that if you were to watch it with an open mind and you maybe did take some of these things literally, it does make a really good argument to make you think about why these particular phrases are being taken out, why we're looking at them so specifically and what that really means and how you really should think about these things for yourself, make your own decisions and not just listen to what other people are saying. That was kind of a big part of it too. Don't just do what your church says or your preacher says or you have been told the Bible says. Think about it for yourself. Think about your family and your friends and your own beliefs and how you feel. I think I'm going to give it a 3. Mm. That's sort of an average. I don't think it was bad, but I don't think it was fantastic as far as just the way again that it was put together. Yeah. I am glad we watched it. I'm more glad we talked about it. You know, I feel like it brings up a lot. Starter.
2: I was planning on giving it a 2.5.
0: Okay, I thought about mm-hmm. that as well actually.
2: 2.5 largely because I was going to give it a solid 3 till you told me that They misspelled Pat Robertson. If you're going to be making your commodities for people to engage with out there in the internet world, get it right or pay the price. (laughs) 2.5. Yeah. It's a great conversation starter of a documentary. Yeah. There are some very interesting people to connect with. Mm -hmm. Some very cool stories. I would would sit down and watch a documentary about Jean's life. Mm -hmm. I would sit down and watch a documentary about Jacob's life thought that those two stories were the predominant ones within yes. the story. The cartoon was really weird for me in the middle of it. Yeah. It, it took me out of it. It's like, what? Like when it first popped up, I thought it was like an ad on the, on YouTube. <laughs> and then also I was fascinated with the biblical context and I really would have loved for it to engage that a little bit more, for the Bible tells me so. The Bible tells me this. This is what this meant when the Bible was written. Yeah, and this is what where we should go with this information now.
0: I would watch a documentary just about that. So, yeah,
2: for me, it was a lot of mixed messages. Was it a good documentary? Of course, it was.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But was it solid? No, I don't think it was completely solid. But definitely a great conversation starter. Yeah. And particularly, you know, if you're looking to start that conversation with someone within your family of, hey, I'm gay. And uh, I know you're really religious and you don't really agree with that. It's a great place to start. Yeah. So 2.5.
0: You know, I'm going to change mine and match you because I really, yeah, you talking just then You convinced me It's not It's not a three I think You give it 2.5 I give it 2.5 It gets a five That feels right Mm -hmm. To me So It's five Hurtzogs the Bible tells me so, by Daniel Carslack, two thousand seven. Thank you for doing this with me again.
2: So when are we coming back? I I can't wait to do a third one.
0: I don't know. I feel like at some point you probably need to do one with Bobby. Exactly. I mean, you're you're like officially a documenteer on the website and, and stuff now. So like we need to get you in for a third time.
2: Give me those hearts and likes, y'all. Give me those hearts and
0: <laughs> likes. Yes, yes. No stars though. No stars. No stars. hearts and likes all day. Happy Pride. Happy Pride, everybody. I hope you've had a wonderful June.
2: Know that you're loved.
0: Know that you're loved. Thank you for listening. And at the end of every podcast, we say, keep on docking. Okay, so I'm going to get ready to do this. I'm going to look up the. Bobby,
1: hey,
0: oh my god, what are you doing?
1: What do you mean?
0: What am I doing? I mean, like, where have you been? I
1: was in the bathroom.
0: You were not, you've not, you've been gone for like a month.
1: What are you talking about?
0: I'm talking about you have not been here. I have, you left and you said you're going to the what? podcast Illuminati, and what even the fuck is the podcast Illuminati? And are you okay?
1: I don't know what the hell you're talking about, I was what? in the bathroom. It's the end of May. we got to get ready for Pride Month. We got to You're going to be hosting a lot of Bobby, episodes. Bobby,
0: it's the end of Pride Month. It is the end of June. You've been gone for a month. We were in this room recording.
1: That doesn't make any sense. And you
0: got up. You handed me this letter. Do you even remember about the podcast Illuminati? You handed me this letter and said you were going to go to California. What letter?
1: Where's the letter? And
0: you took it with you. I don't took know. Took it with me where? To California, I presume. You can listen back. You've sent voicemails to us. You've sent... You sent a voicemail to Akil that you couldn't even understand what you were saying. It was just buzzing. You sent a what, voicemail to buzzing? me. Buzzing?
1: Why, why was it buzzing? What was I doing? I don't know.
0: You sent one to me where you were just like crying. My
1: lips are sore.
0: <laughs> well.
1: Why are my lips sore? He huh? did
0: propose that you were going down on a bee, but I don't know what that has to how do with is, anything in the world.
1: How is that possible?
0: It's not. That's what I said. It's ridiculous, but this whole thing is ridiculous. You've been gone. It is the end of June. May is over. I I have been alone for a month in this house. Just me and Brian. I've been freaking out.
1: I just dropped the deuce and the tea. No, sir. That's what I've been doing. Look
0: at your phone. Look at your phone.
1: I look at my phone all the time. I'll look at Look at your phone right now now at the date. Hold on. Unlock. My phone just went off. Going in it. Nah.
0: Yeah. What do you mean, nah? You're acting like there's nothing that's happened. I've been, you've been gone. I've been worried sick. I thought you you were dead. Are you fucking
1: pranking me right now?
0: How can I prank you? With your phone that's been in your pocket while you were apparently taking a shit. Listen, you've been missing for a month.
1: How come I don't remember anything?
0: I don't know. They fucking brainwash you? Is the podcast Illuminati Illuminati some kind of cult? (laughs) Illuminati? Whatever. Are you like a sleeper agent? Are you going to kill me? Like, what's happening?
1: And I went to California.
0: You said you went to California. I don't know where you've been. If
1: there is a podcast Illuminati, it's probably in Los Angeles. I don't know
0: where you've been. I'm not mad. I'm just so mad that... I mean I'm glad you're okay. But uh it's a little frustrating that you don't know what's going on and I've been worried about you.
1: There's some answers that we all need. I'm sorry I can't help you. This is weird. I feel like I'm going to wake up from a dream. I got to record American meme versus American circumcision. Right. Now. I forgot. The
0: podcast is the most important thing.
1: So did you do Yes. You did all the pride episodes?
0: Yes. They're done.
1: Akil and I banked the shorties. I remember banking the shorties. For Pride with a kill.
0: Yeah, and you had done like the intro to Matt Shepard, and then that's it, man. Like you called in. You called in. That's what I'm saying. You can go back and listen. You sent recording. My
1: side is sore.
0: Your side is sore?
1: What does it say? What is oh it? Oh my say god. Right
0: there? Bobby, did you get a tattoo of that fucking says Tony McElroy? Who
1: the fuck is Tony McElroy? I don't
0: know. He's like apparently the missing McElroy brother. I don't believe that he's even real. What is it?
1: Property of Tony McElroy. Oh, my
0: God. Robert.
1: Did you do this to me? No, I
0: did not do this. Did you go and join some Nexium type cult? I wish. Did your butt feel sore, too? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to figure this out off mic. (laughs) What is happening? I
1: don't know, but...
0: I wasn't even trying to record right now. I was just testing. Let's
1: just try to get things back to normal, okay? Okay. I can't wait to hear all are your episodes.
0: I mean they're great.
1: Probably better than what I do.
0: No. I just recorded the intro to the last one and talked about how you're the greatest. And I wish you would come back because it's not the same without you. Well,
1: I guess I'm back.
0: I guess you're back.
1: My butthole's gaped, but I'm back. <laughs> all right, let's I guess that's it then. Okay. We do have a surprise this Friday. I was scheduled to do Renee, the 30 for 30 Renee with Drew. Okay. But that's at the very end of the month. I guess we'll still do that.
0: Okay. I can't really talk business right now. Okay. Because I feel like I'm a little bit in shock and I'm probably going to punch you or hug you.
1: We got a mystery to un- to solve. So yeah.
0: okay, it well. sounds
1: fucking ridiculous, but obviously something weird is happening. We'll We'll figure it out together. Okay. Okay. Let's say it at the same time. Keep Keep on on docking. docking.